0: Welcome to Ben Navarre's podcast with your host, Ben Navarez.
1: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Just because you're in that space. But I mean, obviously you're, 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 I don't know if you consider, would you consider your niche like business development? Yeah, yeah. That's. That's definitely where I would say
0: more. So it's like, it's helping companies, uh, large and small, different organizations on how to scale their businesses, grow their businesses, refine systems, operations, sales, keep KPIs. Um, it really falls under like five pillars. And so we use that as like a system to really identify like areas of opportunity, but also uh, areas of strength, like, some people think like I need to develop an area where it's like, you're good there. You need to focus someplace else. Um, so that applies in any industry. That applies whether you're in fitness, whether you're a media studio company, or a real estate brokerage firm. Like it doesn't really matter. Like when when you go to business school or anything like that, like or start learning or reading books on that. You want to have those fundamentals in place. So no matter which direction that person wants to wants to go, whether they're developing um, supplements or they're going in a direction of insurance, the fundamentals are the same. And then you sprout from there. So I, in the fitness industry, it's no different. It's like you want to get your nutrition, diet, like compound movement fundamentals down and you can really refine on
1: the way up. What are some of those examples of those foundational items yeah.
0: So, uh, in any, in any business, like if you were to walk into any business and borrow, uh, someone's brain, right? If you're to walk into any business, you, it's always going to start with the idea. Like, what is the idea of the business? Is it microchips? Is it oil? Is it right? Well, what's the idea? What's the general thing? And then you want to appreciate the people that are in it. Like, so who's the entrepreneur and like, what's, what are the people currently, um, on staff? And then what are the resources? So are we talking about a $200 million pharmaceutical chain or are we talking about like a startup? So what are the resources? So you first look at those three things that those three things are going to be the business. And then what filters to that, uh, basically what what that business stands on is uh, five pillars. So one of them is leadership, uh, operations, Like, just what's the infrastructure look like, uh, finance. Uh, marketing and sales, so it's kind of one bucket we put under marketing, and then personnel. So, whatever the business is, you filter to those five pillars. If you refine those things right, you're going to get a desired outcome, which is a profitable, high-flowing, like just strong business, stable business. You don't have those things; it, it doesn't really matter. So it's, it doesn't really matter. Those are good five things. Those are good five things. Yeah, I actually ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Where'd you get it from? Uh, so one of the things that I'm uh, certified in is uh, I'm an Empire certified coach, and Empire is an amazing, amazing, amazing operating system that was created by Eddie Wilson um, and Gary Harper. And uh, Eddie Wilson is considered to be like the king of exits. He's not the fucking beta of exits or like the prince of exits. He's considered the king of exits. Uh it's in the billions of dollars. He's sold over a hundred companies and he's not even like fifty yet. So oh, damn. yeah, yeah. So imagine if you had a guy like that that like went into your supplement company or a construction company. It's like you walk in and it's like, okay, what are the people, what are the resources and what's the idea? Okay, cool, got it. Then like all right, what are the pillars? Like what what's the leadership looking like? Is it soft? Is it weak? Is it strong? Is it can it be refined? can be crystallized a little bit better. Uh, What's the personnel? Is it a bunch of C players? Is it a bunch of A players? What's the operations look like? Like, do they know what they're doing? Uh, What's the finance looking like? What's the, what what are the numbers? And then um, ultimately like what's, what's marketing, what sales? So, once you get to understanding what everything looks like, then it's easier to make those micro adjustments. It's no different for you as a personal trainer, like what's the client? Are they old? Are they young? Are they this or that? Okay, what's? no matter if they're old or they're young, what's their flexibility? (laughs) What's their strength? (laughs) What's this? And then from there, you can like, all right, now we can create a customized program or a customized uh, trajectory for that business to have it see a quantum leap. And so with what Eddie created with uh, Empire, and also they work with Larry Yatch. Larry Yatch is a really, really uh, amazing person. I consider him a mentor. He's, uh, He's a former lieutenant in the Navy. He was a SEAL team leader, like Purple Heart, Bronze Star, arguably the most decorated Navy SEAL in American history. He wrote the book on Afghani warfare. Uh, Talking about this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like guy. absolute unit. This dude, but if you meet him, you're, you're like, he's the nicest. He's like the, he's like a white monk almost. But but what a he took was monk. yeah, no, right. But he is like, uh, he he wrote a book called How Leadership Actually Works. It's like one of my favorite books. Essentially, what he does is what he he extracts the language of the Navy and pulls together what makes their executional performance so powerful, so crisp, so clean, and then you adjust it for the corporate world. So you have the same, uh, so you have very similar vernacular in the corporate world. So when, so your team and everyone can stop on a dime. So when they say like an M16, they don't think of different guns. They think of one specific thing with one specific caliber. So when they say like, what's your commitment for, for the day? What's your uh, task for the day? What's your purpose for the day? It means very different things to them, and if you isolate and really hunker down on what that means and what the language is of the organization, your your corporation grows, and if and it just everybody's on the same page quickly. It's just like a really refined a football team. Right. You play football, right? Yeah, this is cool. So like uh, how Bill Belichick runs his playbook and what certain words mean on their offensive schemes mean very different to maybe another team that's saying Omaha. Right. So what their language is, is is gonna draw out excellence and you could do that in the business world and empire systemize all that so whether you're a large company a startup or if you're generating hundreds of millions of dollars it doesn't really matter you can refine things in a way that'll
1: really really move the needle and then are you doing that like if i'm a startup i'm i'm looking at my vernacular from the very get-go and then whoever i hire on as i continue to grow i'm ingraining these things are they written down or is it just like how i'm speaking
0: yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both. So, uh, so I'll just use this example. So like, let's just say you're starting a gym and you have all that refined, even though you're a startup, even though like, Hey, I'm, I'm just getting this going. When you're bringing somebody in and we're like, this is what this means. This is what this means. This is what our core values is. This is what our mission statement is. This is your personal vision, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think you're going to get more performance out of them or less? More do, do you think you're going to be able to, have that bar super duper duper high, where now people are able to filter themselves out. Where they're like, I don't really want to work with Ben. He seems like too. You're like, good, good, get out of here. It's not for you. And you're gonna also attract other people. They're like, I love that shit. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, they just, they're just like, yeah, dude. That's that's, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's the jam. Yeah, it's like those percentage of people that just like, for whatever reason, they're wired to be a green beret. They're it, wired to be a like hardcore software developer for a company. Like that's just you, you're. If you do that and you create that uh, those fences and how high those fences are, in turn you're going to reject the wrong people. and You're going to attract the right people. It. it, it
1: and i think it's so logical <laughs> it, it is so logical, <laughs> so it, logical. It, it, it highlights how important it is leadership like how important leadership is and then staying consistent to those things that you've written down yeah because yeah. if you don't and then everyone's kind of like wait where like where are we going what, what are we doing yeah. yeah what are our core values like w- we haven't talked about these in how long like it yeah. really highlights how important that is yeah it it, it creates speed
0: it creates 100 speed so if you have if you have a buy-in and everyone in your organization, like, like they are all in on the vision. When you can walk up to any one of your staff members and be like, what's our core values? What are we doing? What's our month's goal? And they're all on the same page. That business is going to move because they're very intentional. Um, but kind of to your point with, uh, with leadership, I saw this one stat and I don't know if it's true or not, but it was, uh, out of, out of the Fortune 500 companies that are around 160, 170 of them, those CEOs are, Former military, the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. It's wild. So like, what's that say? It's like leadership really, 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 really matters. You can have the best operations in the world, uh, a very transparent, uh, crisp, like financial uh, financial statements. You can have all this other stuff in place. But if your leadership sucks, it's it'll crumble. And
1: it, it kind of tells me that... Would they be the better communicators? Like, are they good at creating a system of communication? They're forced to in, in the field. So then it's, it's an easy transferable skill into civilian life. Um, yeah, well,
0: one of the things I feel like what, what makes them so effective is that the language is just technology that we created as human beings to initiate desired action. That's all it is. It's just a technology this apparatus isn't really designed for that. It's designed to fucking chew some fucking, you know, some berries and shit, like some fucking elk. (laughs) Like that's what this is more, uh, more made for. So when we created this like system of language, it was so we I can, I can inform you of an action so we can do something. It's not just to pontificate and to like sit there and just exchange shit. It's to do shit. And what's effective about the military is that, they are really good at taking complex missions and all this stuff and refine it so simply that anybody can do it and they do it well without fail. That is, trust me, like all CEOs would love that with their organizations. Like if, if, if everybody can do exactly what I say, how I say it, when I say it, without any mistakes, perfect. <laughs> They're like, fuck it. That's the ideal. Yeah, yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, they'd be like, I would love this. Teach me how to do that. It's like, okay, well, uh, learn how to communicate this way and then make sure they're on this page and they're not going to have any qualms or any mistakes or any doubts of what you mean and how you mean. And that's a great start. So that's why leadership is really founded in, in communication when we talk
1: to people. What are some common faults that you find whenever you are going into different companies? Maybe some some issues that they're having in this, in this space that kind of limit their success. So
0: sometimes it's culture. Uh, So sometimes it's culture. And what I mean by culture, it's like, if you're working, so uh, I have a, I have a Korean wife and I come from, I'm born and raised in Alaska uh, in a Hispanic household. Cool.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: stay with me on this one, right? <laughs> so, there's some businesses where, um, like, if you're in the medical space, where it's like someone maybe they come from a uh, uh, Indian uh, background, and they go to school, they you know get their degrees, do this, they they have a residency, and then they're like they graduate, just and then they ultimately start their own clinic. And they're really, really smart. They're really academically just superior when it comes to working with a patient, but not necessarily running a business. So, there, there's cultural differences that come into place. Uh, a reason why I brought up myself and my wife Kathleen, uh, she's Korean, is that there's some cultures where it's like you can't say or do certain things, even though there could be an issue down the road. You, you see this highlighted beautifully in a book called outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. So do you remember the bit we was talking about like Korean airlines where it was like, yes, it kept cra- and they kept crashing. Like it was one of the most, like so many mistakes were happening with the airline. It's like, why is this happening? It's like, well, because the language of Korean is very, uh, hierarchical. And there's a ton of different ways to say the same thing, depending if someone's older, younger family, not. And that caused a lot of, uh, friction points, in the execution performance of that airline. They, they couldn't question, question their elders. They could, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of shit they couldn't do. So now imagine that that's, that's just one business. That's just the airline business. Now imagine like restaurants. Imagine, uh, a tech company, so on and so forth. So now you're going into that situation and you know that they're Japanese or Korean or this or they're American or it's family owned or it's their first time. So you want to come in with an open mind and understand how they're viewing the world because there's, there's, really strong, effective points of probably what they have that can be malleable into something that's more effective all around, especially as they're bringing in personnel from the job market. Um, so culture can be a big one, uh, in terms of like, uh, cause it's their identity, you know, like there's, there's a lot of Hispanic, like construction companies and you're working with something like that. It's like the way they do stuff is very different. So how do you yeah yeah so how do you keep the elements that make them uniquely them that work and start to let go and release the things that are causing those friction points and surplant that with something that's effective that's an entire process and sometimes it's adopted quickly depending on the nature of the people but then also sometimes it's 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 not easy for them to adopt those things so it it really depends and that's where like you have to have a skillful person To come in and just identify what those things are and also just like it's like probably getting someone on a diet that they don't want to be on a diet until you like reframe their mind and they're like okay i'll substitute this this and this i think even
1: i think something more that's more prominent is the the idea that we need to be in like only doing uh, weights weight training on the the machines with their older population, right? It's like I only want to do that's the safe space. I want to stay over here. It's like no, we can, yeah, right. And then you have the opposite extreme. <laughs> that's that. Um, and it's like, let's go back squat. Let's go hex bar deadlift. Like let's go do these things over here. Two hundred burpees there, Gertrude. Yeah, let's right. Eighty six years <laughs> 86 old. six, you you're just slamming their burpees. You're like this bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we can we can adjust and, and move over here that's going to be a lot more beneficial it's like um okay I th- like sure let's go ahead and and, and move forward with that but yeah. it does take a lot of time for them to finally open up to that idea
0: yeah yeah they kind of self-diagnose that they can't do it when in when in reality like physically you're like you can't actually do this you
1: just don't think you can and so your, your body gets locked up so. Is that the same thing in business? Well, people that get locked up mentally.
0: Yeah, um, I think the departments that we see that the most is probably in sales. We're like, oh, I'm not a sales, I'm not a saleswoman, I'm not, a, I'm not a sales guy, man. I hate sales. I'm like, okay, <laughs> and then, and then you end up, you know, having a conversation with them, and they sell me to go see a movie. They're like, oh my god, the new Tom Cruise movie. Have you seen Maverick? The Jets. Oh, it was shot on these 4K <laughs> cameras, and oh my god, Tommy Cruise talk about America, <laughs> and like the editing was fantastic. Tom Cruise is murdered. I can't believe he's like 100 years old, but he looks like 30. He does all his own stunts? He can't believe his own stunts. Such a good movie. Oh, you should check it out, man. I'll, I'll get you a ticket if you don't want to go. And you're like, you're not a salesperson. Get the fuck out of my face. Dude. <laughs> yes, you are. Just you just don't have the confidence to do that for your own business. You don't feel like you're good enough here. But when it comes to that there, yeah, you can you can sell anybody on anything. Ravioli, Tom Cruise movies, like, doesn't matter, bro. Like, But it's, it's like there's a belief system around certain things. You want to find, like, those mental landmines that people are on. Because really, at the end of the day, when I'm working with someone, is you want to improve the condition of the client. You want to improve their state. And if you can do that, you're able to move the needle in the right direction. And then you really start to see quantum leaps with them it starts with like little stuff like um like it, one of the examples that i use is like even something small is like have you ever walked around for you like with a pebble in your shoe it's a bitch yeah like it's like it's, it's really small it's not going to kill you but it's a pain in the ass it doesn't go away but if you remove that it just like how do you put into words like how much easier your day is just off of that one little thing Right. And so throughout, uh, people's like businesses, there's like
1: little things that could be removed that I feel like they just don't do it. Is it because they don't know that it's there or do they, I mean, they can feel the pain of it, but don't really understand why it exists. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um,
0: I remember one person, uh, especially like a family businesses where like, uh, they realize it's a mistake to be working with their mom or something and like fire your mom or demote your mom. And it's like, no, I can't, I can't do that. And it's like, okay, let's take a step back. Like what's best for you and your family in the business? Because it, it, it sounds like your relationship with your family member is suffering. This is what's going on here. Um, and we, we try to find ways that, can bring them closer and just get on alignment. But sometimes alignment is not, is not achievable in some situations. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. So yeah, there's some, there's some people where like they're kind of put themselves in a situation where it's hard to untangle. So you want to solution seek or you want to alleviate
1: other areas. So it just, it just depends. And then just exist with that one item that, that, that they feel like they can't get rid of. And so how can we make another system around this issue? <laughs> Um, not, not quite. So
0: the, the way that I would look at it is like, okay, uh, let's lay out 10 items. And every single one of these 10 items, these are things that can be improved. And we've identified that this item over here is like either e- like immovable or like it just, it's really, really hard. Okay, cool. So let's work our way down. So now, you're getting a win here. You're getting a win here. You're building velocity in your business. You're going from 80 hours a week down to like 60 hours a week. And now you're going from 60 hours a week to 55 hours a week. And then you're doing this, 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 this. You've improved the condition of all these things. And then, then we hit this. The confidence that this person is going to have to make a move here is that much higher. Versus just charging right into here. So... It, so if that means like the last thing is probably this, then, then that's cool. This is just more of a strategy that we have to like identify like, all right, th- these friction points with maybe staff or their parents or family or whatever within the business, let's kind of save that for later. Let's just give them a few things he can say to qualm some friction points, but let's attack other areas. So at least there's more velocity, there's more wins that are going on with the business. So when we ultimately get to this, they're feeling good, things are better, and, it, and it's just more painting the picture of do you want to continue this uh, the way it is or should we just build more momentum and take things to another level by finally
1: addressing this? Because ultimately that one thing is going to limit, it could potentially limit, that, limit could. an individual and, and, that and, much.
0: Yeah. And this is, and this is totally at the, um, at the discretion and discernment of the business owner. Like there are some people that just don't, really want to scale it's like i want my business to be 20 20 million bucks a year and uh, i want to take it from 10 percent gross margin to 25 percent gross margin but i, I want to keep the revenue the same i just want to take more home and it's like that's totally fine like not not everyone is wired to scale their business it's not a disrespectful thing it's not like you're you're a bitch or you're a punk or you're anything it's just it's really really hard to scale a business It is not easy. You have to look, uh, and Eddie Wilson says, you have to look at all your staff members in the face, tell them that I'm willing to fire you and let you go. I'm willing to look at all my accounts and implode all my accounts in order to get to this ultimate goal. Like, I am willing to do that. I am okay with doing that. I will eat that. If my business just completely evaporates in route to that, I'm cool with that. Like, that's what it's going to take. It is not easy. That is a very dedicated individual. Very, very dedicated. Sometimes it's just best for people to get their business to a state of viability, where it's like all their systems are a go, everything is refined. Um, you, you, you're squeezing and optimizing every area of your business, and you're you're good with that.
1: I, I like. It reminds me of how UPS is. You know, they, they're only allowed to carry whenever they get down off a the car, they have to carry their, their keys in their right hand on, 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 a um, little wrist thing, um, bracelet, and they have to get off on a certain side of the road. And it's all to minimize the amount of time that they're spending taking package from a to B yeah. so that they can continue to drive only on the right turns, only m- maximizing optimum efficiency on every single little piece of it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Too. Do you find that a lot of people are scared to scale cuz they don't or like they don't want to go through that 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 strain? Support for Ben thinking is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code THINKING at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. I got my lawnmower and weed whacker recently and I immediately put the weed whacker inside of my nostrils. No nicks, no snags, and I have never been able to smell things as good as after I used the crop, the weed whacker. The crop preserver makes my balls smell nice every single day that I'm in the gym. And of course, we love that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code thinking at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code thinking. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Or are they just okay with being at $20 million a year or $10 million or whatever that may be? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it, it really depends on the person. The, uh, there are some people that are very driven to like, – like Eddie Wilson is very, very driven to just like – how can I maximize everything scale everything sell it rinse repeat like do stuff like that uh, and there's other other entrepreneurs where they're just a little bit more laid back they're just like i I love what I do I optimized everything uh, I have a great construction company here and then I took some of the profit from that I created an architectural design studio and then f- from that I did a land moving company and from that I have a roofing company and from that and I, I'm good i don't i don't I don't want to like scale all this stuff and then like have multiple offices and then go take it to various states and like sell i just uh i i just want to fish man like i want to go in <laughs> do my quotes come in i want to hang out with my grandkids i want to hang out with like with my wife go to a dinner i don't i don't I'm not about that life like like on that level but you know i have you know i got my porsche i got with this i got that like i'm i'm, I'm cool they're a little bit more of a simpleton and, 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 that's fine. So, so I think it's really identifying, like, what do you really want? Like, do you really want to, um, do like an IPO? Like I've, I've never done anything like that. Like that's where we would want to bring in other players that have experience in that. If there's a business that is on the cusp of doing that or has aspirations of doing that. And that's a very different can of worms. But yeah, I'd say the vast majority, like they're just, uh, either they don't know what it takes, uh, they have never done it before.
1: And, or they do know and they just don't want to do that so an IPO is <clears throat> the, would you would you consider that like the pinnacle of like an exchange or like making yourself go
0: uh, it, it, it depends on the play like I think there's some people that uh, so Dan Fleischman would probably tell you like because when he talks about when dan Fleischman talks about his experience with him taking his company public and working with the sec and doing all that he's like i would he's not saying this but generally when i feel it he's like i'd rather take a shotgun blast to the face and kicking the nuts and being clotheslined by ray lewis over and over again for a thousand years than deal with that shit again and it's and it's because uh they are just, they infiltrate every part of the business to make sure that it's following the rules and regulations of the SEC. And it's like, it is, to some entrepreneurs, it's just like, it's worth it. Others one, Other ones, like like a Dan Fleischman, was like, this is very intrusive. I just want to run my shit. I just want to take the, like, I don't want to explain why I have to do this at this dollar. I, I just, I don't want to do that. So, now everything that Dan does is private. Nothing wrong with it. Um, Amway is private. Amway is, yeah, yeah. Amway is like, Amway is a privately held company. They revenue more money than the NFL. Right. It's, it's, it's massive. So, th- it's like, uh, it just, again, depends on the entrepreneur, depends on it. Some people, they really love that. There's different plays they can do in taking their company public, uh, especially with shares. Like, there's just different plays you can do. And that just depends on the aspirations of, of the entrepreneur and like
1: what they're looking to do long term. Why does Amway get such a bad rap? I feel that it's associated a lot with like a pyramid or, or a, um, a uh, network marketing
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of business. It is network marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, but why does it have such a bad rap? People are stupid. Like straight up. <laughs> Just, uh, okay. So the
0: general population doesn't really have a whole lot of financial literacy. And a part of financial literacy is like uh, business acumen. So it's—I mean, I shouldn't call them—they're stupid. they are they're ignorant. They're just—they just don't know. And so when people look at like bad raps, they associate things that kind of don't make sense with one another. You see it in every single industry. Fitness. You see it in oil. You see it in—you uh, you see it in politics. Like if the, if some if if someone does this, therefore it's this. Therefore, all politicians are bad. And you're like. Okay, <laughs> I just want to smack <laughs> the shit out of you. Yeah. Right. So with what happened with FTX, like that is by definition a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme. Uh, forgot the guy's first name, but something Ponzi is the guy that uh that whole model is is named after. And then Bernie Madoff also had a Ponzi scheme. So that's essentially borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. That's essentially what it is. So, when there's no exchange, uh, so when there is a transaction of exchange of goods and services for, for money, um, that is not a Ponzi scheme because I'm giving something back, right? So, you're able to track those transactions better. Amway is a profit share model. EXP is a profit share model. You know, you, do you know how many real estate agents have left Keller Williams, Century 21, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, so on to get into EXP? And it's because you can essentially create your own network where you have a little bit of uh, pieces of the pie of the production of people in your downline. It's just a profit share model. They're highly regulated. And um, so something like Amway, for example, is just a juggernaut. It's very well known because it's been around for decades. But they own like the Orlando Magic basketball team. If you play NBA 2K and you look at the Amway Center in Orlando – no way you, you look it up right now so, so, so it's cool. like oh it's a ponzi scheme like motherfucker they own an nba team don't you think the nba has like chopped up this organization up and down like and if it was a ponzi scheme it's like there was the uh, crypto.com or the, the crypto center in la there's a um uh the, the one in the garden uh master square garden right it's, but then there's the amway center no it's it's I think people do that because they think it's one thing versus another. And I think just people have probably had a bad experience with an IBO which is an independent business owner. Someone probably had a poor experience or subpar experience with the IBO and therefore they pushed it onto Amway when it's not the case. Uh, I have worked in the fitness space for a while. So let's agree that there's like really creepy personal trainers, sometimes very inappropriate, sexual assault, sexual harassment, all that shit. Right. Does that mean 24 hour fitness is bad? Does that mean LA fitness is bad? Or that person's like, right, right. So that same kind of train of thinking is what people, are like, oh, I am always bad. It's like, no,
1: it's, it's not. Anyway, like they have so, so many different brands, and then if you become yeah. affiliated with them, then you can sell one of your one of their yeah. specific brands. So long as you, mean so long as you, like you yeah. probably sell that thing, right? That's, that's only what ultimately what allows for that success. Yeah. So if I'm really good at selling supplements, and I can get with, I think Neutralite is their brand, yeah, and then I can just sell their stuff. And so there is a exchange of products to the, yeah. to, the to the actual individual, and not just yeah yeah i'll I'll, yeah i'll send it to you when it comes in and then
0: you're just collecting money and they're like hey where's my money and the money collected from these other people than your clients you're paying off the older clients that's a ponzi scheme because there's no delivery of uh goods or services and and that's not what that is so i think people are just not educated to the history of what that is and um and people can still get got Uh, if you saw the whole ftx thing um that was pretty ugly like there's a huge class action lawsuit like there's a, there's a lot of people that are in it that, like a lot of really famous people are in it that just kind of you know fell for it or it was a Trojan horse for something else what well, would that Trojan horse um, so if you're looking at and this is just me on a personal level but when you're looking at how people move money there's places in which you can move money that's a little bit more dark or underground that it's hard for legislators to see and the crypto space is kind of one of those spots too you could reverse engineer a ton of stuff i mean they've been doing sting operations for uh the black market for like child sex trafficking and oh bitcoin can't be traced like no they've been reverse engineering that chain code for a while to do sting operations but i think with something like that it comes off a little bit um like I think there's more there. I think it was probably a, a a money
1: moving instrument for the elite. I mean, a lot of elite people were contributing a lot of money to this. A lot of It money. wasn't a, a small scheme. No. It was
0: huge. And it was recent. Very yeah. recent. Yeah. So it's um, so it's you you have some people that have very specific like investment strategies where like they even if they're worth like uh, like a hundred million bucks and they have uh, X amount of money that they're putting into really safe, safe, safe um, investments, other ones that are kind of mid-risk and other ones that are high-risk. So if someone is like a multi-billionaire, their high-risk tolerance (laughs) could still be in the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I kind of saw a lot of people putting stuff in there to see if it goes, if it moves or not and uh, it it was a lot of people, NBA players, famous entrepreneurs sharks on shark tank and uh, i i think some like don't didn't know what's going on and i think
1: others uh probably use it as a tool to maneuver different places how do you how do you where do you maneuver i mean I, I i get you can there's dark places you can put your money but then what's what's the ultimate benefit so
0: are you familiar with like uh like cleaning dirty money yeah so that's think of that as another apparatus that you could probably do that. You could do it through art. You could do it through wall street. You could do it, it. It just depends. There's a lot of variables in this, but like, I think something like that can be used to move money. I didn't realize it. It was, it could, that, yeah. it could, it could be used. Cause there's a lot of ties with, um, what's his Sandbank Friedman or right? SBF. Uh, I think that was, his, but the, the, the guy with the crazy yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. yeah. So he had a lot of different connections with different political parties. And so to me, that just raises a, a, a red flag of what that is. So like, it just, it, it seemed like it seemed a little bit like off
1: to me personally. How do you stay outside of that those opportunities, I man, I'm sure that they're, they're existing even for the small person who's just a, like several million dollar millionaire, right? Uh, say he has $10 million. He still wants to move his stuff and, and hide it. How do you stay out of that and stay true to whatever your morals are? Like do you get into a business and find out, Oh man, this isn't a good place to be. And then kind of skedaddle. Um, how do you it's navigate
0: a, it, that? It's a couple of points. Like one of them, you just really want to have a good team especially if you're going to be pushing like 10 million around or anything like that. Um, So you want to have a good team and there's no reason to compromise on morals. Uh, You you can still do things in an ethical way because there's different structures that you can integrate into your wealth building strategy that is very transparent with the IRS and everything else that is lawful that probably has the same type of benefit unless you're doing something a little bit different. Um, so yeah, man, like there's a bunch of uh, tax free accounts that you can, um, structure your stuff around that could help. And I, and by law, like in sharing all this, you're, you're okay. You just need to have like a really good team around it. Cause law is like very, uh, malleable. Right, it's not it's not as black and white as people think, unless it's like murder or something like that. But even then, if you look at some murder trials, like people probably got off when they shouldn't, and people went in when they probably shouldn't. And so it's the interpretation and the fighting for that that piece of law that like that what what's what's on paper. Um, the reason why I'm saying that side of things is like when you're looking at your morals and your values is like I don't I don't I don't tell people to. Break on that because I think it's going to start putting you on a dark path. It's going to start sending people in a direction that's going to be hard to pull yourself back out. And I think once you start doing, it, you start doing activity in any space that is lacking integrity. I, I really do firmly believe in karma. I really do believe that if you're putting out that energy, that it's going to seep back in in one way, shape, or form. And it's just not worth it. It's just much easier to operate cleanly. It's much. Uh, it's just a thousand times more. Um, it's just less hazardous (laughs) to just do things right and pay what you need to pay, do what you need to do, um, and have it squeaky clean, then maybe toy around with this other stuff for extra money. It's just probably not worth
1: it. The, the stress doesn't seem worth it at all. Like you, could you make them a couple extra, whatever, thousands, millions of dollars, maybe but is it, it just doesn't seem worth it at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. And again, this is falls just under
0: like what, what the individual is like some individuals are just, they're just like Yolo or people kind of get off on that. Others is just like, no man, I got family, I got kids, I got this, I got that. I got, I have a, a personal image. I got a brand image they have to, they have to maintain. And that means not doing these things. Cause if I get got on these things, it destroys everything else in my, in my, my business. Um, forever. It, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's hard, really to, hard to come back. Uh, well, the one that I can think of that's very, very recent is probably Liver King.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, it's right? <laughs> like, a good one. He, he really uh, hung his hat on this. And so when he lost trust with the public, everything else like just faltered. Is Everything. And it was something as simple as steroids. It, it, it would have been far easier just to be like, I train here, I do this, and I dabble in this. And I cycle this and this is what works for me. He probably would have had a bigger following. Because then just, at least you're authentic. At least you're honest about it. At least you're honest <laughs> about it. The other guy that li- uh, that uh, passed away recently, uh, Joe Aesthetic? Joe Aesthetic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also very upfront.
1: That dude was loved. Yeah. Uh, and you can see the reaction from yeah. social media, how much that guy was cherished. They loved Joe. Joe was cool. He
0: was cool, man. He, he was when you think of Germans, <laughs> you don't think of like guys like that, like happy go lucky, larger than life, full of energy, enthusiasm, braza, braza, like <laughs> super cool. And just, he's like, yeah, I did, you know, this, uh, tremble on and trend and this, and like, and just like you, and people are like, yeah, yeah, it looks like you do. And at least you're real with it. And, but he's, but he's like, but I still put in the work and I still do this and he still has fun. He still made a lot of money. and still did all this. And I think if, uh, liver King had that in his, uh, in his brand, I don't think that he would have fallen from grace. There would have been no reason for him to. No reason to. And the people that love Joe and the reason the people that love uh, that love the Liver King were for two different reasons. So it's so it's I I don't see that that would have happened if he was just upfront with it. Like, I still, like, I have this, but I still eat liver. He's, he's more like the intense Viking type. Joe is, like, fun-loving. Just very kind of different. But, um, yeah, man, like, that's, that's kind of what I mean. But just morals, your integrity, like, be, be true to yourself. Be true
1: on all that stuff. You'll be fine. It does. It makes it for a much more simple existence. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Rather than trying to always figure out how to get up on somebody else. And people... People that are, I think, in the upper echelon of, of space, like they're 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 keen to that kind of stuff. They're, they're aware. They can sense. They can see. They've dealt with a lot of different people, and so when you finally get and like sit across from somebody and start talking, they're like, uh eh there's something, you know, not yeah. okay here. Um, and a lot I think of people we're times, talking about that at the gym one time. Yeah, And yeah. you just trust that intuition. You're like, you know what? I've seen enough people. There's something weird here. I'm just going to go ahead and like not do business. Yeah. It's just the, because you're not willing to, to, to sacrifice your own morals or like your potential for getting screwed because relationships just mean so much in business. I mean, they're everything.
0: They're, they're, they're everything. Cause your relationships and like what people think of you is your brand and ultimately your reputation. So if you have a really strong brand that's based off of strong relationships, that's that, that garners a, a powerful reputation, like it's like, it's just, uh, it, it holds a lot of weight in all types of circles. But, um, to, to that point, um, when people are building up to that, there's this amazing journey that, that people go through. And one of them is like, people tend to go on the tactical like like they, they really think about strategy and what to say and how to say it. Because when you're describing intuition, intuition is something that is information or vibration that comes to you that's outside of like logical thinking. Something is speaking to you. And the examples that I give is like your heart, your mind, and your gut. So, if you ask somebody like, especially in the dating world, dating, like, what does your mind tell you about this girl? What's your gut tell you about the relationship? And what's your heart tell you It's like fucking three different things, bro. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, that's so funny. You have three and they're, they're thinking organs. You have a thing like 10 to 15,000, uh, brain cells in your heart. Your heart is a thinking organ where, where, where entrepreneurs get locked up a lot is that your brain is a kind of, there's a, there's a, it's a dual organ Left hand is like, oh, because you even describe somebody, oh, they're left brain. Like, what does yeah. that mean? Like, oh, they're very logical, numbers, la da da. They're very right brain, creative. It's like, but it's the same brain. So that seems so interesting. So I think where a lot of entrepreneurs also get locked up is like they'll feel that they haven't refined that uh, relationship with their intuition because uh, they can kind of think of it as like the devil or the angel, but they're trying to logically make it make sense when in reality, that's not how they work with one another. And you see people get locked up where like now they're, now they're like, my brain says this, this is here and, then, and it's that instead of allowing um, these things to kind of work in unison with one another. And when I think those entrepreneurs that are a little bit further along, what well, you mentioned like the upper echelon, uh, the upper echelon, they really got good at differentiating the three and aligning the three quickly. And so when the, when you talk to some of them and they make like lightning fast decisions that pay off so well based off of the data, what they feel in their gut, and you're just like, how do they do that? It's because that's a part of that journey.
1: It's not something you're just immediately, like you can just have. I think it does take time. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes being in business time for, for some amount of time. I think some people probably have natural gifts to those yeah, things, but sure. I think it does Take It's prime. a rep. Yeah, it's a reps thing. Yeah. It's just, you got to get your reps in. You got to yeah. get in
0: situations where you meet a ton of different people. And some are going to say some shit where like, this sounds really good. But I wouldn't trust them with like, <laughs> like no, nah, bro. It's just something, something, <laughs> something. And, uh, and so, where I, uh, for me, like where I've struggled with that was that sometimes you are, in front of somebody that you don't like because they're doing things that maybe you wish you did. Like I've, I've gotten this a lot on the other side of that where like Antonio rubs me the wrong way. Antonio, I feel a certain type of way or he's, he's not doing anything wrong, but I feel like he's just like, just something about him. I don't really like, and like nine times out of 10, it's because there's something that I'm exuding or I'm doing or characteristic that I'm displaying that they deep down wish they could do. And so because that's part of their limiting belief system, they're recognizing to me that it's a, th- they're recognizing and they're associating me to the threat inside them. And it just comes off as like, I don't like them. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is like an intuition and just be like, it's not so much that as it is like, something's not right. This deal's not Okay. And every like I've been through a ton of different masterminds with really, really, really great people. And a lot of them, if not all of them be like, Hey man, I saw the data, everything, everything, everything on this real estate deal or this, you know, the startup or whatever it is. And it all checks out, but just my gut is telling me to avoid this thing. And they let go of business or like not participated in projects. Uh, or endeavors just because they're like, dude, something something was like really, really screaming at me. Don't do it. Don't do it. And they listen and they'll see down the road like, oh, this thing imploded. Or like, I remember even one, which was fucked up. It's a true story. Like uh, one guy was a, uh, one guy um, was running a uh, agency and he got caught like, fucking his wife's kids, like, like pedophile. Like he was on the, yeah, yeah. He was very, very famous. And so, um, you have some people that just had gut feelings about it and other people just like, so
1: there are times I also feel that that, gut feeling can be wrong if you've had bad experiences with people. Man, there's this yeah. guy in I in high school that looked exactly like Antonio. I don't like Antonio. Yeah. And it's like, well, is it that you don't like Antonio or do you just have a bad memory of this guy? Yeah. You know, like and being open to seeing who's in front of you and, and really understanding, Oh man, Antonio's not a bad guy. He does just remind you about this, this other experience is I think super valuable. Cause like there's so many times where I'm on, you know, social media or reading or just hearing from other people that say, you you gotta, you gotta trust that thing. And it's like, well, sometimes that thing is wrong. It's, it's, it's programmed in a wrong way. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, when, when I talk to clients, like,
0: I, I look at it as more as a, we have to untangle what it is. Yeah, there right. you go. Because I, I think that they can be entangled, like, it could be misinterpreted as one thing versus what it really means over here. So, kind of what I mentioned as far as, like, um, just he just rubs me the wrong way. And when you really take a step back and, like, give it context, it's like, because uh, I, I had this. I had this guy named uh, Mark. Mark. Like, years ago. He's from Boston. He's, like, his name's Mac. Tackle Bell. Like, fucking Duncan. Like, the thickest, most obnoxious Boston accent you could fucking make. (laughs) This guy spoke just... That's his natural thing. Aggressive. Very aggressive... Um, just like, and I loved him so much and I hated him so much. I wanted to fucking punch this guy in the face (laughs) and like, I, I swear to God, I wanted to drag and kick him in the fucking lyrics. (laughs) I hated this dude, but I love this dude. And it was like the, it was like how they describe it. It's, it's the weirdest, strangest boner. It's like, it's weird. But so what I mean by that is like, um, at the time in my life, I was really struggling with, uh, people pleasing. Right, my most authentic self. I tend to rub people the wrong way because I'm a little bit more direct. I'm a little bit more assertive, and I just rather just tell you. This is probably part of Alaska and all that stuff. Um, but the people pleasing side is like I you lose a lot of friends in that way. So you kind of go through this little roller coaster of like how far do I go here? Where, right? And Mark was just incredibly, incredibly authentic. So this is a guy that just like didn't give a fuck, and he'll just tell you. And um, and I really did not like him for those things because he was doing the things that I wish I could. And I was suppressing that within myself and basically was causing a trigger reaction. So when I take a step back uh, with uh, with people or with anything, it's like, let's, let's give this a little bit of context. Like, what's this person trying to teach you? What's the situation trying to teach you? There's a reason why that you're getting an emotional reaction to this and the emotional reaction is really based where? And let's kind of reverse engineer the Genesis and really think like, is this just person doing this for this reason? Is it this or that? And that way you can release what that is, release that person and release yourself from that kind of feeling of negativity. Like You, you, you never want to have your clients roaming around with like this cloud. If, they, if you can teach them strategies to pull back and to kind of take a, a macro view of what's going on and give it context. It allows them to move more freely. So when those things come up, they can identify what it is, pull away, and then get back to positive, get back to flow. It doesn't have to be positive. It could just be get back into a flow state instead of having that being like a momentum slower, like a momentum blocker just by dealing with somebody. So it it switches the mindset of like, I can't stand into like, I'm really grateful that this person is here because they are teaching me something that I can develop within myself. It changes the dynamic and it looks at them as something as like an opportunity for me to extract, for me to be better as a person. And now you're grateful for it instead of being like, man, fuck this guy. Like, cause that's very easy to do. So, um, that context is one thing versus, uh, a seemingly, it's like a voice outside of you, um, dare I say spiritual, that's speaking to you. I feel like those voices are quite different where you're like, man, fuck this guy. He's being a dick versus like, don't do that. Or like, she's the one. She's the girl. Right. Yeah. Those voices, although they're whispers (laughs) or they could be whispers, but like, I think they're just a little different.
1: That's so cool. I can apply that to my relationship. You know, like I can, that's, I like that mind frame is very nice and it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to state, to step back. Uh, do you like do meditating? Do you like, how do, how did you practice that as a skill, that ability to step back and withdraw and kind of look at it yeah. for what it is?
0: <laughs> so sometimes we don't always have that, 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 um, moment, but, but meditation is powerful. Um, I'll touch on that in a second, but sometimes like when you're talking to somebody, like, uh, hey, Ben, I, 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 a friend from out of town is here. He's from Alaska. Let me introduce you. Da, da, da. And you immediately, it's like, it's like that scene in Step Brothers with like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. And they just like to stand off. Yes. You don't have a second to be like, um, I need to meditate. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling like you don't. Yes. They'd be like on the fly. And so it's those things that are on the fly that you need to choose to um, be very tactical in your approach. Because if you're identifying, especially if the other person's maybe feeling the same way around you, and you could tell in their body language, you could tell in their demeanor, even though you don't know them, there's little things that you can do on your end to kind of loosen them up. Um, and I can touch on that a little bit different. That's like more FBI espionage, corporate espionage. That's more, um, that's, uh, they call it isopraxism. It's the closest thing to a Jedi mind trick. Um, I'll touch on that here in a second. But um the meditation side of things I think is actually really, really good. Um, people can do various types of meditation. I think TM is powerful. A lot of people swear off a of TM which is Transcendental Meditation from Ray Dalio to Oprah Winfrey to Jerry Springer to a ton of other uh, celebrities and athletes. One thing they all have in common is they're extremely wealthy, very, very wealthy, billionaires. Um, and so why do these people take time out of their day to just simply meditate? And I was like what's the benefit of that guys like Ray Dalio that run like the largest hedge fund in history uh, you don't you don't do that unless there's like a tactical applicable practical approach it's a it's a release valve it's a grounding of sorts so you're able to navigate through the world far more like fluidly with, le- especially in a world like wall street where it's like up down crashes. And if you're Zen and you can still see through things, like it's really, really good. Phil Jackson, uh, the like what does he have? 11 rings championship rings as a player. And as a coach, it's like, why does he meditate so much? Why, why is he dubbed the Zen master? Kobe called him the Zen master. Michael Jordan called him the Zen master. So there's a lot of, uh, um, power in meditation you're seeing a huge shift into fusing the business and the spiritual and the athletics. You're, you're, you're seeing these kind of athletes that are extracting strategies and operations of what top-level business people are doing into their athletic world and vice versa. So, you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs that are like doing their workouts, their diets, their sleep regimen, their recovery regimen. So, they can make sharper business decisions that lead to, you know, bigger gains in the market. So, you're seeing a lot of that. And a
1: big part of that is actually meditation. It is all those little things, the the working out, the sleeping, the diet are all things that are helping you prepare for your competition yeah. being business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's
0: with advancements of AI um, scientific instrument, you're able to measure very different things now. So if you look at the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you look at Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, David R. Hawkins, uh, Dr. David R. Hawking. Uh, so like Even uh, Michio Kaku uh, with physicists or Ensaro Emoto in Japan, like there's, they all are speaking essentially the same language from a different angle. And with brain scans, body scans, energy scans of some way, they're like, there is a significant before and after that happens with a human body with meditation. And it's not for the negative. It is always, always, always for the better. From blood pressure to like cortisol levels to blood flow to um, just whatever the fuck ever do. There's a ton of other shit. But um, you're seeing that and if you're a business person, it's like, wow, this gives me a competitive edge because I'm XYZ. So, you're seeing it across everywhere and I think it's really getting back to kind of humanistic roots of eating well. Uh, diet yeah exercise um, sleep recovery uh, cold plunges heat therapy cold therapy and it's like why it's like because you feel amazing. <laughs>
1: if you feel good you can make it's fat you can make those decisions faster better decisions faster you're more confident in your decisions the more confident your way just walking around and you're going to attract better things to you and that's the key is is actually the attraction so if you're operating
0: at a higher higher vibration where you're just happier you're more joyous you're more abundant you're feeling more loving uh money has frequency levels um debt poverty has frequency levels um billionaires have frequency levels So, the more that you make yourself feel great and maintain that as much as possible, you are then attracting your vibrational equivalents. And that's where the deals come in. And so, kind of to your point a little bit earlier, when you're talking to some entrepreneurs, it's like you can just tell who's a Taco Bell employee and you can just tell who is worth 100 million bucks because of sometimes just the energy that they give off. You're like, I don't know who this person is, but... I just feel like they're a hot shot and you talk to them and you're like, what? You're like, you, you, even though he's dressed like a stunt double, (laughs) like he's, he's dressed like, but it's like, Oh yeah. I have like, you know, six uh, fishing boats up in Alaska. I run three construction companies. I do this, this and this. And, uh, uh, yeah. I own a couple of race car companies and you're like, (laughs) what (laughs) but but he comes off like calm flow uh abundance it's just an energy in which you give right so you have other business owners that can identify that with that and it's like oh it's like oh this is where we're in like then other people that are not kind of feel that too they feel that pull they feel a pull upwards I, I would definitely say so. If, if you're around people that are like 100x your net worth, you feel it. <laughs> you totally feel it. Yeah. Even, and what's crazy is like sometimes there's associations of they need to be a thousand times more intelligent than I am, and sometimes they're not. They're like, it, it, it's breathtaking how dumb some of them are, but they're worth, but they're like deca millionaires. And you're just like, how (laughs) it's like, they're just happy go lucky, hardworking people that connect really, really well that facilitate deals. And and they just bring in the right smart people when need be, but then themselves, they're not particularly intelligent. They're just very active, persistent people with a positive attitude. And it's like, who doesn't want to work with that? And it's like, oh, that's the, that's the key. That's interesting. Huh? Oh, huh. this fucking guy. <laughs> and it's, 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 it blows your mind, but you come across people that are like that. You're like, how? Oh. like, all right, bro. You don't have to get a PhD. You're like, no, I was, a, I was a high school dropout. You're right. like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, that's definitely something that I saw working at the country club. You had the people that were not the most intelligent, but you had people who really were just good people. And mm-hmm. it was like this, this, this trend where everyone was always so giving and yeah. oh just yeah come to the house come for dinner like yeah i got you don't okay, like, oh, what, this is what we got you for Christmas. Yeah. And then like, you start, uh, I would buy presents for kids. And like, I was the director of the kids camp. So I was just like, all my kiddos would get like little trinkets or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> they all get like Rolexes. and
0: yeah, no, <laughs> right? Right? No, <laughs> no big deal. We're like, Damn. <laughs> um,
1: I was, I had my team USA stuff when I went to go to the Olympic training center and from some team USA stuff that I, when I was competing and I would give them like over the summer, at the end of the summer, like whoever behaved the best, or had the best improvement, or whatever it was, it was like here's here's your little your little trinket or your 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 pin or whatever yeah. it was. Um, but it was like that environment. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was it was very relaxing and fulfilling, and at the same time, everyone was always working the hardest. Yeah. It was like six a.m. We're getting up, and we're going to work out, and we're going to go all the way till seven p.m. That's when I'm going to get home, be with the kids do what I need to do and then go to sleep early so I can make sure I'm ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you, you bring up a really good point of, uh, I think I mentioned a lot of reciprocity. So when you're giving and you're generous and generous and generous and generous, the universe just responds in, in kind. And it, and it really is kind of the mindset of like the more I give, the more I receive. But if I'm coming from a place of like, I just, I, I'm, I'm only doing this to receive, Kind of blocks that that kind of free flow, but it's. I also feel like mm. people view very rich people as like these cantankerous, like money hoarding, and it's like when you really get around, like the vast majority of them, I think ninety percent of them, like they're they're actually not like that at all. They're extremely giving. They're very like, uh, how, how can I help? How can I be a service? How can I give? How can I give? And I think a lot of them really tapped into like the more that I do that, the more that comes back around. So if I can just help as much people as possible, tithe as much as possible, donate as much as possible, help others, dinners, and just put out good energy, I'm going to get that back. And and it feels really, really good in doing that. So I, I feel like if you look at some of the top people, they really get like, that's just a universal law. It is a
1: universal law, a law of reciprocity. And it's, I don't think... Mm there's an understanding that it's not, it could very well not be come, come back in terms of in uh, money or in in finances, but to get to have friendship, right? Like to, to build a community and to get these things that are ultimately still giving back to you in a way that almost at times is more beneficial than a dollar could be. Yeah. It it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. A, A dollar is just a reflection of the energy that goes
0: around money is just energy. And, um, but in in reality it's like the you you, it's those relationships whether it's with a uh it's with a market or with a demographic or with a partner or anything like that like that's what's going to create a lot of this movement so and it's hard to quantify the roi of a relationship imagine if um if you were best friends with like kobe bryant at a young age like Truly tell me like what would be the ROI or what would like how do you possibly quantify that type of relationship and what it could do to your life? You can't. It's really, yeah. It's hard. It's like imagine the 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 dinners, the
1: opportunities, all that stuff. The just, work ethic, just to be around the work ethic. And what yeah. that does to you, like, man, I want to work harder too. Yeah, yeah, no. No? I know. I want to clean these toilets like a,
0: <laughs> like a Black Mama, like a Mama mentality, just <laughs> mopping and shit. But uh, but yeah. So like, how, how do you quantify that? Those those relationships, like, if if you had a strong relationship with like. Floyd Mayweather or Oprah or, uh, Denzel Washington or 50 cent. I don't know why I'm naming black people, but like, (laughs) but but like, what's funny. is like those people are actually on my phone, but, (laughs) um, like I have this picture of, uh, not that I could dial them. I don't have Oprah's number. I don't want to say that, but like, um, there's, there's a, a a power in having like a really good relationship with someone that's at, at a more advanced level than you and they know it and you know it. But it does rub off on you in a really good way. And it's hard to quantify like what that does. So I'm I'm all in favor of really trying to elevate yourself and getting yourself in a really uncomfortable position instead of being in a comfort space where it's just more of the same, doing the same, with the
1: same people at the same time, the same place. It it's not gonna move the needle for you. I think you can feel that. I think even people that are in that position that don't want to be in that position. Yeah. They They feel, Oh man, I'm like, I'm not making progress. I should be making progress. Why am I, why am I not? I know what I need to do, but then still don't know either how to get out of it or to take the action to actually yeah. move. It
0: sounds like Alaska actually. Like, uh, so I grew up in a really small fishing town in Kodiak, Alaska. If you look at Joe Rogan's, uh, stories about like the, the crazy hunting stories, uh, that's a Fognak Island and Kodiak Island. That's actually where I'm from. Uh, and uh, over there, you have families that have been around for generations that are in the fishing industry. Like, my dad was a fisherman, my grandfather was a fisherman, my great-dad was a fisherman, and blah, 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 all the way over to Russian occupation. Um, Kodiak um, Island used to be the uh, capital of Tsarist Russia, like, way back in the day, I think. Um, but it was big Russian native community. And so, there's this expectation of, like... You, got to be a fisherman we got boats in the family but in reality they want to maybe do something else so where I grew up there's a lot of uh, uh, dry towns like there's no alcohol the, the domestic violence the alcohol abuse is through the roof it's terrible it's fucking terrible um, and it's like they feel that way but they can't leave their family they can't leave their stuff like it's this strong sense of duty to maintain that even though they don't want it and And because they don't know, uh, a lot of them like don't know where to go or what to do, like, well, you have to numb that. And that's where like more drugs and alcohol kick in where it's like, it it sucks. It it really is like that small town mindset. This is all throughout the world of like, I want to do something else. I want to do something that's fulfilling to me, that's unique to me. But all I know is fishing. Everyone I know is fishing. No one knows anything outside of fishing. So although there's this internal pull to do something bigger and greater for me, I don't know where to begin, where to start, what to do, who to talk to. So I would rather drink and just forget and just do. And it creates a very kind of sad situation for people.
1: And I think so I totally get it. Yeah, it, what's unfortunate is the people that do leave are almost seen as, oh, they're too good for us now.
0: Yeah, like we're too good. But <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent.
1: I want better for my life. Yeah, you mean like <laughs> I want more than this? <laughs>
0: this is great.
1: You're like, oh man, but yeah, yeah, that's what That's so true. In from a very small town as well, and where ninety eight percent of our population was underneath the poverty line, a lot of people are currently like they stay in the life of either construction or uh, they get into the cartel the drug the drug industry or gang units or g- gangs and, and um we had once several people once particular individual got accepted to UCLA and oh, sweet. everybody around they dogged him, dogged her hard it's like why would you think that you could get out of our town like you, you're, you're, you belong here. Why would you leave? And it's like the, the the, the tribal the crab. Oh yeah. The, the bucket of crabs analogy. Oh it's, yeah. You know, every, you'll, you'll build each other up until the point where one's about to crawl out and somebody from the bottom will pull them right back down. Yeah. And it's the people that do get out. Um, unfortunately, don't always come back. But I mean, it also makes sense why you wouldn't go back. You didn't think I could ever leave. You didn't believe in me. Like, why would I want to go back and support people that didn't support me? But I don't know that it's good for the growth of that town. And maybe this is just my town in particular. The people would people that did leave never came back. It was very very rare. People who would leave and be successful would never yeah. go back. And I think that it the people that do leave have almost a, a responsibility to change the mindset of that location in some sort of way. Be like, no, we're going to, I'm going to come back and we're going to create some sort of community, or we're going to do a community 5k to get people moving again. Cause we know the issues that are here I'm more educated I have this background. We can do this and that, but we can do it together. Right. And so I think that though at times maybe unfortunate, um, you per, they're, there's an opportunity for a lot of growth.
0: It could. Yeah. Where, yeah, I I guess it could where I find, uh, it to be a challenge is like you're essentially going back to attempt to change the mindset of a community and it's either, and sometimes just like people want their space, like to be untouched from the outside world because it's comfortable for them. And I know, especially in Alaska, like there's some, there's some places where it's very, uh, like, this is what we do. This is our culture. And this is kind of our bubble. And you, you see that in a ton of different places where you just, they, they, they want it to be pristine and untouched. Um, and, and like for myself, if I were to go back to like Kodiak, Alaska, like there's a, there's a ton of things like I would want to change but I would feel like I would be met with a lot of resistance of people that like, I I don't, who are you to come, like you were to leave, you go do all this stuff and you come back and you're telling us, uh, what needs to change for, for who is it for you or for us? And so I, I kind of thought about that too, a lot myself until, Um, I remember I visited, uh, Kodiak some, some years back for the first time, like in 10 years, I I promised myself when I graduated, I graduated when I was 17 to not come back for 10 years. So I, I didn't come back home to my, to my Island until I was like 27, 28. And it's like the same people do the same thing at the same bars, do the same stuff. And it's like, it's heartbreaking. But when you talk to them, they're like, I'm kind of happy here. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, It's familiar to me. I I love just taking my four wheeler and throwing it on the back of my truck and like, or my motorcycle and like go through the countryside, hunt some bear every now and then, go fishing, and just do my thing. Like if I want to take a break and go to Vegas or go to L.A. or go to Chicago or Boston or something, uh, I I can do that if I want to do that. But I, I don't want this to be touched, and like that's fair. That's cool. I'm with that, and kind of leave the fishing town to be the fishing town, right? And I think if they organically move in a certain direction, it's because of that. Um, And I think that can go positive and they can go negative. L.A. is one of those places where, like, people start taking things and go negative. You know, they adopt an ideology that maybe doesn't serve them. And I think they have to correct it. And I think that's no different in a small town or a big town. It seems
1: almost like business. It's still like... Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, it's. You only want to work with a company that wants to change and the people want to change. And if they're not there, then at least there's leverage there to fire in a community like that. It's like you either want it or you don't. And if you don't like it's all good. You know, um,
1: you don't have to grow. I could see that you could grow and you could change, but if you're okay being there, then we do need those people too. We do need fishing towns. Right. Yeah. And we do
0: need burger flippers. We do need, I know it's fucked up, but we, we need, people are going to operate their own level of awareness. And it's like, until the, what does it say? Like the pain of change is less than the pain of the same. Is that what it is? Or Like the pain of same, unless the feel pain so of staying
1: dumb, the same
0: is greater than the pain of change, then there'll be action. Perfect, we we got it.
1: We got there. We got it. I was like, Yo,
0: When the I feel like George W. Bush. Like when the thing
1: can't fool me twice, son. And I'm like, damn. Am I there already? Yeah, that old. Come on. Yeah, I was like, damn, dude.
0: But uh, but yeah, man. I I and and I've I have uh, some family up there and friends up there and just for me personally, it's like, um, it 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 can come off a couple different ways because the same the same thing in. You think you're better than us? Why don't you stay? What's this? But on the other side of that is like you could do more. You Don't you want to get out? Don't you want to do this? And like it sounds the same on the other side of the coin. And either way, it's just like trying to uh, trying to move people in a direction they don't want to move or not ready to move. And so I, I think like for me, like that's a lesson I really had to learn um, for myself. Is like instead of. <laughs> focusing energy into a place where it's probably going to fall flat into a place that there's an acceptance or an openness to to do it and to apply it, um, I would prefer that. And I think that's why like with consulting and coaching and anything with business owners, you want to work with someone that's hungry for it. You want to work with someone that's coachable. It's it's no different for you working with a client where, where they're just like, I will whatever meal plan you put in front of me, I will dedicate myself to do it. I will follow the, the training regimen. I'll meet up with you. I'll be on time. I'll be ready. I'll be warmed up. I'll have my pre-workout. I'm set. And you're like, oh, I love this guy. I love him. She's amazing. If everyone was just like you, I would love my life 10 times more than what I love it now. And it's the same thing in that space. So it's like you want to work with people that are like that. Um, and if people are just dragging their feet, you're like, Oh my God, just don't, just don't even come just stay. <laughs> get out of my face.
1: I think that sometimes it, there is an organic growth to like, I'm going to show up 30 minutes late and be like, okay. And then maybe we're 15 minutes late. Now we're on time. Maybe we're closer to being on yeah. time. There are those progressions, but I will still love what I do to some extent. I just don't want to hear, man, I'm still not making progress why am i not growing ben i'm paying you so why are we not making progress well what else are you doing on top of this (laughs) when do you show up on time when are you really here and committed did you drink last night again like the night before again like you can only pay me so much and i can only do so much if you're not willing to be in this with me yeah I, I, i bet it's the same thing with businesses as well when you're going in there yeah, it's like yeah.
0: it's, just, it's just dealing with humans yeah humans are humans and you want to uh, you want to get them in a place where they can disclose all that stuff for you you know where where the guard is so low uh where it's it's completely gone where we're really having essentially not a uh you're essentially having like a heart to heart and this is like, like, why do you want to do this? But why is that important? How does this benefit you? Who does it benefit? And like really getting to the nitty gritty of, of their goals and the obstacles and get in way with those goals and the things that we need to supplement your, your dailies with, like your day-to-day with, uh, things that need to be substituted and things that need to be subtracted. And that means understanding what's going on with everything. Because y- you can work with a business owner that's having like a really rough home life. Like verge of divorce like things like that that carry into his professional life so it's it's kind of like with what you're saying is like i know i'm here for this one hour this week um but the the drinking really hinders growth it really hinders recovery it really fucks with your sleep like uh, this doing this like it, it it really impacts this hour that we have with each other that really moves the chains and I need to, need to get a better grasp of like what's going on here and why you're doing this. So we can kind of make some adjustments so we can maximize that hour here and actually get more results quicker and faster. And sometimes people just want to disclose it. And that's like, it's a trust thing. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a relationship thing. It's like a how thing. It's also just who they are as a person. People are people, man. People are
1: pretty cool. People are people, but it is, it's like all those little things are cool. Like, yeah. There are just people that you are just not going to get to that place because of whatever they've experienced in the past yeah. and you can give them all the love and all the care in the world. And if they are just not there, then they're just not there yet. Mm. But I think in that moment of, man, I, I get it. I understand that you're going through some stuff and you don't want to talk about it, but I'm here. And if you need something, then, you know, like, let me know whenever you're ready to come back. And it's, it's like. You still have – I think still the value of putting your hand out is yeah. you just never – that person two, three years or months or weeks down the road, it's finally like, oh, no, that's what he was yeah. saying. Okay, I get it now. That, that guy, go ahead. You can like just shift it upwards a little bit if you want to get – yeah, there you go. Oh. Um, it moves up and down and if you need to, you can tighten it from the side. Um, it It's just – it's still worth putting your hand out and hopefully maybe you're not the person that it, that it, it it finally like gets into them and they, they see that and they're like, okay, now I want that change, but you might be that you might be that person that does do that. Right. Or like at least initiates that thought process.
0: Oh yeah. 100% man. And, um, uh, it reminds me of kind of something I said a little bit earlier with like isopraxism, which is essentially like mirroring, and, um, so w- where I'm going with that is that like, sometimes like people don't open up because they still perceive you as a threat or something that is counter to what their belief system is. And so, uh, if you look at some books like, uh, the like switch, for example, which is written by a former FBI agent that focused on espionage, um, is like how, cause you're right. Like you can break people down. It's just depending on who they are, it might take more time. And but the goal is to do it um, in the nest in like in, in an efficient way, and so a lot of these like uh, CIA operatives and FBI uh, agents like they're they're taught very specific things in psychology, so that your brain is firing off signals that basically are telling you like hey this person is a, is a friendly they're friendly they're friendly they're friendly, so like how how do you get intelligence officers from other countries to spill? uh, secrets of, (laughs) to the United States government, to this person, how do you kind of break down and get confessions out of people? And there's a systemized way of doing that, that can also apply in the business world. Now, obviously with a a FBI agent, it's, there's a very different agenda there, but in, in, in consulting and coaching somebody, it's like you, you want to have those friendly Uh, things fire off in someone else's brain to uh, like, sorry, like you, you want to get your client to look at you as a friend as much as possible. It's a far more robust conversation. It's more open, it's easier. And there's, there's ways of doing that. And, um, I think some people, they recognize like, Hey, this client is a little bit different than I am. They're, Exuding certain things and I think what people understand like personality styles and people understand like how to make little adjustments within yourself to be more versatile to Mirror the other person not in a mocking type way, but just in a way that makes them feel really comfortable It really opens up what the conversation could look like instead of having mid guards depending on the day or their mood or or the topic so if you can really reduce that down you'll you'll get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on in that person's world. And now you can actually, actually, actually um, prescribe a strategy that'll work for them specifically. Um, uh, So, uh, one of our mutual friends is uh, Brad Feinberg, right? So also a, a trainer. And one of the things that he talks about is like, you're going to have some clients that like, they're, they're not going to be super honest with you because if I tell them I have the shoulder injury or this is what's going on here or going on, going on here, they believe that they're going to, there's going to be a potential adjustment to the training regime that will lead to something undesirable when that's not the case. And people get hurt in the process where it's like, dude, you should have told me about this. And it's, you're just like, Oh, this could have been avoided if you were honest. And, And there's a reason why they they are not honest. And if you look at guys like Tim Grover, right? um, Train Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, all these guys. That like there's this really, really strong like intimate relationship. Where like even someone like Kobe, who is notorious for playing like through pain, injuries, everything. He's very, very honest with what's going on with him, with uh, Tim Grover. And they're able to make adjustments. So that he can still perform, but making adjustments according to where he's at. And in business, you definitely want to do that because if there's some things that are not revealed because that person feels like this can be either used against them, it can be used um, or, or, or they diagnose it or they believe it can be used in another way, even though it's not the case, sometimes people withhold information and it's just like, it's, it's, it's tough to strategize sometimes when not everything is on the table. Uh, Chris Voss in I Never Split the Difference, also an FBI guy. He was more in hostage negotiation. He calls it like a black swan. And, and that's a, that is a core of what I do in working with a client is trying to find the black swan. So it's, it's a piece of information that completely flips the context of everything else. And once you identify those black swans in a, in a company, it, it all makes sense in a a more crystallized way that now you can truly truly create a a path for success and that's just never is going to (laughs) happen unless those guards are down unless you really get a strong window to what's going on and that's that's a that's a relational thing you get to the yeah it takes two and once you get to that point where all the chips are down then you can really get to work and that's really where the fun begins
1: I like uh, I mean I think saying I like it is is, is almost an understatement. You know, it's just <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like it. I, I like it. I do, man. <laughs> it's just it's it's so valuable and so true and it it, it does take two and being a like not being so guarded as those who are opening up and asking for help. Mm -hmm. If you already asked for help, like let the person help. And there's going to be people who maybe want to take advantage of you, but I think that they're less often than they are often than than they are common. People are generally good, especially if they have taken the role of wanting to do this job. They Mm -hmm. most likely like to do their job for the right reason. Not always, but most often. Yeah, man. Um, when, might be good or bad at it or not yeah, but <laughs> definitely when um
0: so uh, sometimes when i when i run into that with people cuz everyone has like different guards and stuff so sometimes uh, sharing examples of what it's like and how ridiculous it could be in other areas is really works sometimes so um, when you're going to like see when you see a doctor and then you're like i don't want to show you my blood work or my x-ray all you have is an mri and this You'd, they'd be like, okay, <laughs> you fucking stupid, you retarded. Like what's going on with you? Like, what do you mean? Like, I just, I just, you know, there's some things on my blood work that I don't want to share with you. And you'd be like, but I should know where you're like, my blood cells are at. Like what your testosterone levels are at. Like that's going to help like paint the picture and tell the story of what I see in your x-ray and your MRI and everything else. Like it, it's actually going to be very, very helpful. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. So in, in business, sometimes someone doesn't want to share like P like a PNL. like, like what's your profit and loss statements. Like let's see where things are going in what way. So that's going to tell a story in its own way. There's a ton of other things that tell a story, like, uh, how their CRMs are set up, how, um, What's their uh, marketing strategy? Uh, what are the uh, KPIs of their sales team? That all is going to tell a story. But if they just tell us one and then not all this other stuff, it's it's kind it's just a little harder. Significantly harder to figure out what's going on. And what ends up happening is that just like in the medical industry, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people die every single year because of uh, misdiagnosis and medical malpractice. Like I think it was a like half a million people. It's hundreds of thousands of people die every single year just because they got wrong information, they made a wrong diagnosis, and it could be a multitude of different reasons why. But like how many companies die every single year? How many startups die? How many startups that make it past the first year die their second year or third year? It's a lot. It's no different. It's exactly the same way. So if we want your business to survive and thrive and really kick ass, this is like that. You are withholding your x-ray. You're withholding your blood work. You're withholding your MRI and you want me to operate. What doctor would do that with a good conscience? And do you really feel like you're going to get a good outcome? It's like, no. All right. So, what do you think we need to do? It's so logical. It's so this. And in any other industry, you're like, of course. Yeah. It's like, cool. Like, this is just another entity. Your business is another. It's a. It literally is another entity. Like humans have rights, animals have rights, trusts have rights, businesses have rights. You, you, the, our birth certificate, our uh, Social Security number, all that—it's the same thing. When you have, um, when you have a company that has like their own EIN number, it's no different than our social. It's just that for the business. So, do we want this baby to grow, or we want it to die? And and that just means having an open window, open conversation. There's safeguards in place from like non-compete, non-disclosures, non-solicitations. There's things that we can sign that like, hey, I'm not going to be disclosing things about your business and you're not going to be disclosing things about my strategy. And if we find out we're doing that, then we can go to court or we we can get spicy or we can do something. And that way, my lips are sealed, your lips are sealed, and we're just working together on this here. So, there's there's a lot of safeguards that we can have there in place too for that. And also, uh, consulting, there's like there's like liability insurances that you can get and so on and so forth. So, basically, like in, in the crux of all this, like it's actually a little safer than the medical world because you can't reverse engineer some stuff or uh, reverse some, th- uh, some stuff. Yeah. If you botch a surgery, you botched a surgery. Um, with business, I guess, like if you do something that implodes, yes, but there's been a lot of companies that tried something and backfired and they rebounded and other things. There was such a miscalculation where they lost billions, uh, Bud Light, Target, Netflix, Disney, right? Like there's serious miscalculations that companies can do, but some companies can really
1: rebound. How often do you think those companies rebound?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's actually don't know how often.
1: Um, it, it, I,
0: it would depend on the brain trust of the company because who got them in it may not get them out of it. (laughs) So, um, I'll use Bud Light as an example. They, they fired like the marketing directors that did the whole Dylan Mulvaney, 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 um, transgender bud light rainbow thing and they fired that and now they're trying to pivot in another direction but it just um i don't know how much billions that they've lost their breweries are fucked up and i think what you're going to be seeing what you're seeing it now is you're seeing a uh, a void in an exodus and so now like other breweries are like picking up new ones are being launched because like people need to get their beer from somewhere where there is death that creates life. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. It, it just
1: depends on the brain trust of the business. Do do companies like that just have, like, I guess they have a marketing individual. Do they have consultants that are constantly working on these projects with them? It
0: could. Yeah. Sometimes it's internal. Sometimes they do bring in somebody. Um, McKinsey is a very well-known consulting firm. You have guys like Alan Weiss, or Alan Weiss that are very, very well-respected that it's like if there's a crisis – uh, with a company, it's like, we need to get so-and-so PR agency. It's a crisis management agency. They handle the, the Clinton crisis, uh, the, the Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal They handle this, this, and this, uh, you have, um, consultants that can come in and do stuff too. So it really just depends at the discretion of the business. If, if they're like, let's just deal with it internally, or we need to bring an outside help. Um,
1: it's that, that's just, what other other people would do so a company like McKinsey, those consultants that work with them are they working directly for McKinsey, or are they McKinsey certified and then a 1099 just like an independent contractor no, no, they're, a, they're a massive firm or think of it as like a giant law firm where
0: everything all their intellectual property all their stuff is underneath them it uh they're a uh, really big uh consulting firm just like there's a really big law firm um, I can't think of like some of the big ones top of my head, but like McKinsey f- from a consulting perspective, like they're not, they're not doing that. I think everything is internal. I think it's also because you want to have a sense of security for the clients you're working with. So if they're doing something with like Goldman Sachs, you don't want just like some 1099, all that, you know, like it, if I was Goldman Sachs and I was hiring this one in the 1099 and further fulfillment with somebody else. Maybe there's some relationships like that, but from a liability standpoint, it looks kind of, I don't know. Like, I want you to take the whole hit if this person fucks up. So yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a bigger one. They work with some, some big boys and they're not cheap and, but they're good.
1: I know one individual that I was in, in my undergrad with, who was a business major and the, f- she was interviewing with all these different consulting companies yeah. Yeah. and McKinsey was one of them. And the amount of travel expectations, the amount of hours expectations that she was going to be working they it was insane. The interview process was crazy yeah. and she ended up getting hired on with McKinsey. So now she's over there working with them. And it was, I, 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 the little that I knew was like, these guys are the, the top of the top. Yeah. Kind of consultancy you want to be. It's like, what is even a consultant? Like, what, I didn't, at that point, I didn't even really know what a consultant yeah. was um, outside of like the, I guess the concept of what the word means, but like, what do they actually do? And all this like market research to get to hear about that they do that, that like, you yeah. want to build, Waterburger wants to, to pull in a, um, uh, a, a store or a storefront on, on, on the strip. Right. Yeah. So somebody was involved with understanding where do we buy that property? When do we do it? How much, do, who do we employ all these yeah. different, all this analysis and that's what they did. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what a consultant does. I was like, man, this is, yeah, it's in depth.
0: A a consultant is someone that... So, there's like coaches, there's mentors, there's managers, there's uh, consultants, and they all have a slightly different um, approach to how they work with the client. Uh, I feel like coaches, it's like, let me train you to solve your own problems. Let me coach you to do this. So, even on a football field, like these are the X's and O's and everything, but when it's time to huddle and then play, that's you. I'm not shoulder to shoulder with you. And so, coaches are a little bit more like that even for, even for what you do. Like, I'm not doing your burpees, bro. Like, you got to get those burpees, but I'm going to show you exactly what to do and how to do it so you can do it. It's more, but To me, that's that's a little bit more more coaching. Consulting is a little bit more like shoulder to shoulder. Like, we are going to work on alleviating this problem or growing here or plugging this hole just depends on what the condition of the client is. Like, what is the client's condition? How can we put our heads together to um, to elevate that condition, to make it better? And that could mean market research. That could mean, essentially, they're like intellectual firepower. You are borrowing our brain to get involved into this, to see greener pastures. That's what that is. Mentor is a little bit different and people can be mentored all types of different ways. But like I, I, the way I look at it is like, how do you guide in life so you can have a, a coach that's a business coach of like how to communicate more effectively with staff and you can have a consulting firm that can help you with your business strategize for like a five X growth in the next like 10 years or whatever. And they're figuring out like what the market's going to look like. They're building out trends and forecasts and all that stuff with you. And then a mentor is like, do you want to do this? Do you want to like, um, like what's your family going to be going through in this time? Like, so it could all be the same person. It could be multiple people. It just depends. But I think a mentor is, um, someone that guides you through life while doing these things.
1: Do you think most people who are, Running companies have multiple people working with them that are consultants, business coaches, and yeah, I think mentors.
0: D- depending on the size of the of the of the companies, you're you're gonna have a whole shebang on staff. You're gonna have like <laughs> probably some people will never admit this, but like with some large companies, um, especially things that are very very tight in internal operations, you're gonna have like company like massage therapists, psychotherapy, you're going to have nutritionists, you're going to have consultants, coaches, you're going to have instructors, trainers, you're going to have all that. You're going to have different people that are designed to release stress in different ways, right? So you're going
1: to have staff that's like releasing stress in very different ways for different people. One of the things that you had mentioned was how to delegate and how important it is. And do you, how do you see people delegating? I guess in more detail. I know that you already kind of you just touched on it a little bit, but do you find that people who are in startups have a hard time delegating?
0: Yeah, because because just by the nature of startups, you typically wear a lot of hats. You t- like when. Uh, it's, it's not like you do a startup and you have like a 50 person team right off the bat it's it's usually really small sometimes it just it's just one person so like they're doing the sales they're doing the finance they're um, they're door knocking they're closing deals they're building their websites like they're wearing multiple hats and the way that you want to delegate first starts with like you cuz you're you're doing a lot of responsibilities so you want to isolate some things is like okay what am i really really good at and what am I not good at? Cool. So like, I have to do this and I fucking suck balls. <laughs> so the sooner I can get some, like, like, I like I'm terrible at this. I hate it, <laughs> but I have to do it. Right. Uh, you, you kind of see this a lot with people that are dealing with, uh, uh, QuickBooks or accounting. It's like, I don't, I don't know accounting. I don't know what to fucking do. Uh, and I don't like it. And I'm lost and I hate it. And I'd rather take a shock and blast in the face. Then do this, but I have to do it. So there's that's one side. You can have someone else that's like uh, that. They just so basically just putting things into those two categories. I like it and I don't like it. And then now it's whether are you good at it and you're not good at it. And you kind of have a little bit of a matrix like that. Like it's like a four part matrix. So what you want to start delegating are the things that. Um, you're not good at and you don't like <laughs> um, that move the needle the most in your business. Because then you, once you figure out what those things you don't like and you don't do, you organize, prioritize that list of like, what is the thing, like, what's the most important thing I need for my business? And what's the least important thing I need for my business? And you kind of work around that way and figuring out if that's like a, a virtual assistant, if it's an AI, if it's a software, if it's something else. So that way you can release because in doing something you hate and you don't like, it takes a lot of bandwidth. Right? And versus doing something that you like and you're good at, it's like you're in a flow state. So, if we can find ways to get them into a flow state quicker and better, it's going to move the needle more so in their business. It's going to create way more movement in their business in the right direction. And it's going to be easier for them to identify like what hats do I need to fill? So, when I do bring somebody on board or a partner that they can, their strengths I'm looking for are the weaknesses in which I have. So that way, that these voids can be filled or at least taken from someone that is 10 times better than I am. And then we could really start moving in the right direction. So when you're looking at delegation, there's that side of things. And also, you want to look at um, how are they priced. There are some things that maybe you love and that you're good at that is like $8 an hour work. And you as a business owner, it's like you need to be doing the $200,000 an hour work or the $20,000 an hour work. You need to be building relationships with vendors and manufacturers and like um, architectural design studios. You need to – like if you're in a construction company, it's like I need to be doing quotes and going to seminars or doing this or doing whatever instead of paperwork. Like I can get pay someone else to do this, get that off my plate. Now I save 15 hours a week. Huge. So 15 hours a week, even at 10 bucks an hour, it's like, that's worth paying to have someone else do that frees me up where I can do something else and close more deals or do something else. So, um, you want to categorize like what it is that you're doing of what's like something that can be given to somebody else for a dollar amount and then other things that 100% require your DNA. They 100% require your fingerprints. Like you are the only person that can do this. And then basically isolating those things and then start moving in that direction. Then filling everything else out. Yeah. Figuring out those five pillars and then understanding where you're best placed. Is that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I think in the startup side of things, like when people are wearing multiple hats, it's, it's that. So uh, but yeah, you're you're essentially kind of that. That's like what the pillars are, but it's also figuring out that, especially when you're starting a business, you are going to be probably in some departments that maybe you're not that good in, but but you still have to do them as you're starting off, and wearing these multiple multiple hats, and then giving the hats off to somebody else, and then doing it in a in a phase where you're not where you're where you're giving a hat off to somebody that is going to help create more speed in your business. Instead of something that's small or super insignificant, if you release like a, a big load, it's just, it's easier to move. So it just, it depends.
1: It just creates more space. And, and, and again, so logical. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's just, it should be, it is, it's not should be, yeah. it's It's very logical. And I hope that, that people are like yeah doing it. The,
0: the issue is this, that, um, it's, it's a vicious cycle sometimes. Like, you know, if you're working like 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, not even 50, but like, uh, if you're getting the 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you know, working on your business, like it's, it's a vicious cycle. Like it almost feels like there's no way out. You're just like, you're just like a headless chicken. It's like, fuck. So to take a breather and to do all that stuff and figure out, um, how to organize my business and have a strategy and have an actual plan to replace myself when you're so caught up in the minutiae of your business, it's really difficult to do. So it it, it is like pulling. In the military, they don't say the, like a retreat anymore. They say like a tactical withdrawal. Like I need to just pull back just a touch to organize this to have a bigger leap forward. Once you do that and it's, it, it's easier to identify the right talent, it's easier to... Um, integrate the right systems to um, to onboard that talent, because you're not just building a reputation with the community and with the world of your business brand, but it's also the labor force. The, if you go to like Glassdoor.com, there's some places where people are like screaming, like "fuck this place, never work for them, they're terrible," and others where it's just like great reviews, like "hey, I've been here for years, I, I love it here." um they treat us really well it's a great benefits package uh leadership is on point right so if you're having a good reputation with the labor force as well uh, you're going to be attracting the best of the best also because you just want to work in a place that's got their shit together and you need stuff like that to actually inform the candidates that are coming in that like there's um, succession paths for you. There's growth plans for you, or there's very isolated um, job responsibilities that are just part-time. They're easy, they're quick, and that's it. So you, you get all that stuff together. It just makes your business that
1: much easier to run. It, I mean, it's just, it sounds attractive. Yeah. Like, who <laughs> wouldn't want to work at that spot that you know what you're going to get or that you know you can learn from? It's, I'll, I'll tell you why. Cause, cause
0: sometimes it's a, it's a perceived notion of like, because if you're already working 80 hours a week, if you're already dealing with uh, customers because someone fucked up here and then someone messed up on the money there and another client has forgot to pay you and your wife's mad at you and you missed your daughter's, you know, dance recital and then your kids, your son's football game and then it's, and you're working super late, and you're working four hours a night and then someone's like, Hey, I have a plan to do this and it can benefit your business. They're like, It's like, I just don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to do it. Like, I want to do this. Like, I I really need to do this. I'm I'm running literally on like four or five hours of sleep every single night. I'm so irritated. I don't know where to, it's just like, they believe in doing this. It's adding on way more stuff. And it just, it's like, I feel like I'm going to like shoot myself. I feel like I'm like on the verge of just imploding. And I think I need to just maybe do this later. And it, and it sucks because they're just, they're stuck in it. I saw this a lot in the construction space, really, really tough in the construction
1: space and in my experience with the construction space, it was like constantly rolling, like roll, roll, roll. And I was like, wait, like we still don't have our invoices. Like are the way we send our invoices is still outdated. We think we need to, we need to fix this problem here. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we can't stop today to fix the problem because mm-hmm. we need to make this X amount of production per day, because theoretically if we did, then by the end of the year, we'll make this X dollar amount. Yeah. And we it's just like, need
0: to feed our crew.
1: Yeah. It, it, I think, yeah, So it definitely is. Um, we were on uh, the GC side of it. So it seemed like the big, the, and, but you can take in, in my opinion at the time, it's like this would provide so much more value. If everyone just stopped Yeah, and just, okay. Let's solve this huge issue that really is ultimately slowing us down. Yeah. And then once that's solved, let's get back and running so much more efficiently. Everybody's more efficient. Yeah. Everyone has less headache. Everyone feels better. Yeah. That's, and, and that's the goal
0: is like, we, we want that. And sometimes some entrepreneurs are just like, I, I really, I see it. I wish I could, but like, if I don't finish this job, like I'm gonna be missing like my second mortgage payment, and and like they are running a really really big business, like it could be a seven figure construction company, and their margins are so thin because they fucked up so much, and maybe the uh, invoicing model, not the invoicing model, their quote model is cost plus, and they shouldn't do. They should do like a a, a gross margin uh, style of. And they've kind of screwed themselves over and now they're just like, look, if I I have all these projects that are on literally razor thin, like they're just on thin ice. And if I pull back and do this and one implodes here, then it's going to have a trickle effect for these five projects. Then I'm fucked until January. And it's like, let's wait And, and it's a very, it's a, it's a danger. It's a perceived threat, even though that we know we can help it's like to get someone out of that mindset, that's like kind of scarcity. Like really it's, it's a tough thing. And sometimes and I've had people where they, they were in that position and they hit me up like five months later, like, Hey, I'm ready. Hey, I I finished on this project here. I did this one here. Um, I got the invoices that were owed to me this way. And so I have a little bit more breathing room and like now's the time to implement. It's okay, cool. Let's do it. And so it's, it's a, it's a, Timing thing, and I—it's like, dude, I, I get it. If they're not all hands on deck during this uh time of chaos, and one person fucks up, it destroys everything. And it's like, uh, let me wait. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And sometimes people just keep waiting, and it sucks. But that's that's on them. You can only wait so long. You can only wait so long, and it's just like it—it's it, again, no different in the fitness industry. It's like you're gonna have a heart attack if you don't like you're gonna be in a really really tough spot physically if we don't get your uh, cholesterol or whatever in place like in a, in a better spot like you're you're gonna have to start saying goodbye you're gonna start figuring something out do your wills unless we really start to fix this now and it's like, uh, you're like okay <laughs> i don't know what to tell you
1: <laughs> it sucks we're like yeah. all right yeah There's nothing you can't really say it's it has to come from them it's it, i, I right. can't do your burpees
0: I can't do your burpees. I don't want to do your burpees anymore. I don't want to do your burpees. I would never do your burpees. <laughs> yeah. Say, so, can you do my burpees for me, Antonio? No, I'm good. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. yeah. You know, I don't do burpees. i my own. don't do burpees. You can tell I don't do burpees, bro. Yeah,
1: burpees are the worst. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull an ovary or some shit. <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> well, man, I, I definitely appreciate the time. I don't know. I don't really know what time we're at, but I'm sure that it's where we're we're getting there. Um, and so, yeah, beautiful. Um, so I like to always leave off just to, just to the last little bit. I think mean, we've learned quite a quite a lot. Um, but what do you got coming up? Um, plug, promote anything that you would like, um, and then if you don't mind, just leave us with a little bit of of advice if you would for somebody that was that tuned all the way through. Ooh,
0: cool! So um, there's an event going on um, in Fort Lauderdale uh, that my partner and I have partnered up with, it's called, it's a sales momentum mastermind It is going to be at a 17,000 foot um, a square foot mansion. It's going to have some of the best people. If you ever look at like Patrick, Bet David or uh value uh, this company has built out their entire sales infrastructure. They're absolutely amazing. They're going to be doing a, a, a mastermind there. That's limited to 40 people. I know it's about a month away, but um, it's really, really cool. So if you're in the business space, if you're looking to really hunker down and sharpen, like your sales processes, this is the place to be. And uh, you're going to be rubbing shoulders. With a lot of uh, really high end, um, entrepreneurs, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be doing a talk there in speaking a little bit about this, about the Empire Operating System, a little bit about uh, scaling, uh, refining business systems, so on and so forth. Uh, so, I'm actually going to be pivoting into doing more uh, one-on-one coaching with clients. Some of the clients I've worked with are executives with uh, Louis Vuitton, with uh, Humana, uh, the professional builder. And so, I'm opening up my books to take on one-on-one executives. And so, my website is going to be probably finished in the next like week or so it's um, antoniogarcia.io so that's one of the best places to uh, connect with me and then also on my social media um at only antonio garcia
1: beautiful thank you sir oh you want to me to say something to people right yeah if you can Who's listening to this A bunch? of um, We got a pretty wide range of individuals ranging from like, probably my biggest category is like 23 to 35. Um, but I have a pretty large percentage in my forties and fifties as well. And then male is probably like 60% ish. And then I'm right about 40% ladies. I would
0: say um, this might be a little off kilter, but fall in love with someone and have kids. One of the the greatest teachers you will ever have in your life. When you have your first child, you'll be introduced to your life's greatest teacher. And when you're a parent, you categorize people into two places as parents and non-parents. And when you have kids... The, your tolerance level changes, your bullshit meter changes, your work ethic changes, your endurance changes, your stamina changes, your mindset changes. And I think we need more people in the world that are strong parents. And that means to f- find a powerful spouse. You want to write out the qualities and characteristics of the spouse, not preferences. Like basically, um, if someone held a gun to your head and you only can have like a handful of things that really, really, really matter to you, um, then ask yourself the question, what type of person do I need to become and elevate myself to, to attract this person and find that person fall in love with whoever you need to fall in love with. Cause I tell you guys right now, like the best thing that you can do is be in love with the right person that pushes you and respects you and cherishes you and, having children together and starting a family. There's, there's nothing that motivates you more than that. And I really, really, really hope that you guys find that. So when you do look into your child's eyes, it's the closest thing as to consciousness observing itself. And half of that child is the person that you're in love with, genetically speaking, and the other half is yourself. Uh, that is something absolutely indescribable that I recommend for every single one of you and you want to do it right Take your time and finding the right person take your time and getting to know them and then do life together
1: yep. Love you. Thanks, Thanks
0: Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes.